Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by John Donovan and the Longhorn Wealth Management Group. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined by Bobby Burton, who's live in New Orleans. And Bobby- How's it going, guys? I got my beads on from last night. Got a little fun going on. We're, we're uh, T-minus literally 12 hours uh, from kickoff right now, guys, a little less than 12 hours, uh, most likely. Uh, make sure you tell us I'm in New Orleans. Blake, you're back home. Uh, guys, tell us where you're checking in from. We love to he- see that and uh, talk about that as well in the morning. Uh, everybody get up and after them. Ha- hope everyone uh, had a safe uh, New Year's Eve party last night and uh, y'all can get going and um, everybody can have a little fun today. Uh, the party is just getting started here at Manning's. Actually, uh, there's n- it's not open yet. It doesn't open until 10 o'clock this morning, uh, but we expect almost 2,000 Longhorn fans uh, to descend on Mannings here in uh, uh, in New Orleans. It's right next to the Harris Casino uh, across from Fulton Alley. If you're in the area, please stop by uh, and say hello. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, it looks like 100 plus uh, TVs this morning uh, around the bars and everything. So there's going to be plenty of games on uh, everything for people to see. I also want to mention this, uh, Blake. Uh, there are watch parties across the state of Texas as well. Uh, I got reached out to by the Dallas, Texas X's. They wanted to let people know uh, that KRLD will be live broadcasting from their uh, Texas X watch party, which is at Longhorn Ice House in Dallas. Uh, there are watch parties across Houston, East Texas as well uh, as West Texas. So uh, if you have those and want to drop those in there, uh, let us know and we'll we'll uh, be looking out for it. But uh, all in all, a big day last night. I, I, I would uh, reiterate, Blake, what I talked about early. It's about a 75-25 crowd. Uh, more guy, more people uh, picked up over the last, more Washington folks came in over the last 24 hours, but I still think it's a it's a 75-25 Texas-Washington crowd. Uh, probably about, I'd say, five to 10,000 Washington fans here, uh, but a probably 50 or so uh, thousand Texas fans. I mean, it's, it's significantly different. Uh, I was talking to our producer, Matt, about it yesterday, and um, yes, more Washington fans showed up, but more Texas fans showed up as well. Last night, I w- went uh, w- at a uh, party at uh, for a Texas meet and greet uh, up on uh, Bourbon Street, and was throwing out beads, etc., uh, to folks. And uh, the 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 amount of Texas fans versus Washington fans was was uh, uh, numerous. We were all talking about it up there as well. So uh, that is what it is. Uh, and uh, no news, no late news right now either. By the way, Blake, on the injury front, we're going to continue to ma- remain mum on that. Uh, people have been asking me about uh, Xavier Worthy and other players uh, at Texas. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll just keep on saying that and not give anything away and, and go forward and uh, see what happens uh, later tonight. That's right. Well, no news is good news, Bobby, in that case. No doubt about that. Well, you're, you're also in LSU country, and LSU got some good news last night uh, with a commitment of Dominic McKinley, the five-star defensive tackle that they flipped from AM. i I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, he did it while he was at the Under Armour All-American game, um, uh, and, and uh, that was somewhat surprising after saying uh, for so long, Blake, that he wasn't going to be a guy that stayed in Baton Rouge or in the South Louisiana for his college football, but uh, not all that surprising, clearly, that he backed away from his pledge uh, to uh, our folks in uh, uh, in College Station. Uh, we kind of th- figured that was coming and, and is uh, one of those things that uh, definitely was going to happen. 
the timing of this is not peculiar. I mean, it's a little interesting, but uh, we knew it wasn't going to be A&M going forward after they lost Elijah Robinson, the defensive line coach. Uh, and uh, LSU won out over Texas, Alabama, others that were trying to uh, give him uh, an opportunity. Uh, Oklahoma even uh, tried as well. But uh, it looks like Texas may now focus uh, on the defensive front uh, in the high school ranks at, with Alex Foster, the young defensive lineman out of Greenville, Mississippi. They also are actively monitoring the, the NCAA transfer portal uh, right now. Uh, so that's going to be a, a situation that we all need to be aware of. Uh, the the line, defensive lineman out of Houston, uh, Andre, uh, Rashad Caldwell, I think is, is his last name. Texas continues to monitor him. At one point, they didn't think he could get into school. Now uh, they've retracted, and then they're really trying to see if he can. They can get him on campus uh, in the month of January. Uh, another uh, a number of other uh, players that possibly could go in the portal as well, but haven't quite yet. Uh, Longhorns monitoring them as well. All right, Bobby. And then uh, one of the other things that you mentioned, Under Armour practices. Uh, one thing that we wanted to talk about was Under Armour practices. What, have you heard anybody about sh that's showing out or anything like that? Yeah, let's add C.J. Vogel oh, in here is. because he he was actually there, Blake. Uh, C.J., you you heard uh, you heard what Blake asked there. What do you think? Anybody showing out uh, that you're hearing about lately? Uh, CJ, I think you may be muted, muted, buddy. Oh, there we go. Happy New Year's. Yeah, happy New Year to practice. you, CJ. <laughs> practice. There's a lot of excitement going on in Orlando right now. Uh, Daniel Cruz was the guy that caught my attention the, the minute that I started watching this practice. When you look at the size, the, the movement on the interior, obviously, Under Armour All-Americans, you, you see them physically and you start thinking, wow, you know, you, you understand why they're All-Americans. Daniel Cruz, when you see him move on the interior, uh, the, the physicalness is something that I think is something that is ready for him to play at the, uh, the next level right away. That's impressive to me. Daniel Cruz, I hadn't necessarily seen him play that, that top level of, of, of football right, against that top interior uh, competition right away. And that was something I was, I was a bit skeptical about with his game. He was something or someone that really stood off stood off the, the page to me the minute that I started watching him in Orlando. Also, Jordan Johnson Rubel. I was impressed by him. There is a little bit of a of, of a twitch to his game, something that not necessarily isn't the smoothest out of breaks. But when you talk to him, he understands football probably better than any of the coaches. He's in that conversation as someone that just understands everything about the the game of football better than than what you would expect. And I I love smart football players, uh, Bobby. That That's really something that I, I love watching. And when you get to talk to him as well, it, it just exudes off the page. And so big fan of his. And Xavier Phil me. I mean, a guy, five stars, looks like the best prospect you'll, you've ever seen in shorts and shirts. And so you get to see him start moving a little bit. And, man, he's a, an exciting prospect as well. So Lots going on down in Orlando. I was, I was glad I got to see all three of those guys. There's seven of them actually down in Orlando, but those three really stopped the page to me right away. All right, guys. And then also don't forget today, there could be a possible 2025 commitment for Texas as uh, Anthony Williams, the edge out of Shadow Creek, is going to be announcing at some point. Can one of you give us the rundown on Williams? Yeah, very yeah. talented prospect. Go ahead, CJ. Sorry. 
I was going to say 6'3", 195 right now off the outside linebacker prospect down at Shadow Creek. Uh, think about Morris, or, uh, Maurice Blackwell, what he does right now for Texas in terms of dropping back into coverage and also being able to come off the edge uh, at times as a, a blitzing linebacker. That's what uh, Anthony Deuce Williams brings to the table right now as a junior at Shadow Creek. In- incredible prospect, very lengthy. And this is something that we've talked about in terms of what Texas is prioritizing currently at the linebacker position. The length is there. His ability to drop back into coverage is there. He's a good 707 prospect. What he will work on at the next level is getting towards the quarterback and getting into uh, uh, the backfield to bring down players for tackles for losses. He's good at that. He needs to be great at that, in my opinion, at the next level. Texas is is looking at him in that Maurice Blackwell kind of outside linebacker, Sam Sam backer kind of position. Uh, I'm a fan of this. Good good prospect. All right, hey, we got some more stuff here that we want to go over. We talked about the the watch party in Dallas over at the Longhorn Ice uh, Ice House. According to he uh, Holy Frioli, the watch party in San Antonio is at Little Ro- Woodrow's in Stone Oak, hosted by the San Antonio. Texas Exes chapter. Uh, make sure you stop by if you get a chance. And then you're in San Antonio uh, again. Uh, like I said, watch party all the time. <laughs> Look at this. Watch party at Mulligan's in Abilene. Blake, you can make it over there, big guy. You can head to Abilene today uh, if you wanted to. Uh, I, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, each and every coffee and football on Friday morning or on Monday morning, even on New Year's Day, brought to you by John Donovan uh, and the folks at Longhorn Wealth Management Group. John is a proud Texas X's life member and his wife and all of his six siblings are also UT grads. So it is with deep Longhorn family tradition that led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management solutions for Texas alums, employees, family, and friends. John is a certified financial planner who has spent more than 30 years providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to his clients. So please give John Donovan and his Longhorn wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. That's right. And one other watch party, Bobby, uh, for people in New Braunfels. There's one at the Reserve on 1863. So in case anybody missed that one. So a couple of them going, or a few of them going on across the state here. And uh, guys, don't forget here in a little bit, we're going to have Roman Tomashoff up, uh, beat writer for Washington. He covers them for Sports Illustrated, and then he also hosts the Locked on Huskies podcast. He'll be joining us here in just a little bit to talk about that. Plenty of time to get your questions in, so please do so, and we'll get to as many as we can. And Bobby, I wanted to ask you this one, this uh, from Jesse. He says, can we still get in Mannings and pay at the door? Do you know that? Yes, so the first, uh, I think it's the, they have 350 game day tickets available. Uh, so that, now when that's out, I don't know what, what's going to happen, but uh, they have 350 additional tickets on game day at the door. Uh, feel free to come in. We'll, we'll uh, Look, this is an unbelievable venue. If you haven't been here, it's like a self-contained party corridor. It's almost like if they took 6th Street and just made it an alley as opposed to a whole street. But it's not quite like the Sixth Street craziness. It's more, uh, I want to say it's a little bit more South Congress. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the old warehouse district might, might be uh, more likely if, you've, uh, if you're from the Austin area. Uh, that might make more sense. But it's really a fun area. Uh, there's the Harrow's Casino literally less than 100 yards away as well. Uh, and you can, you're about uh, 50 yards off of Canal Street. 
which is the main uh, main thoroughfare down the center of the city uh, for uh, uh, the city of New Orleans. Um, guys, we've got uh, a lot of stuff that, to go over and comments to get to. Uh, CJ, uh, you and I both uh, have been uh, looking into team news, et cetera. We talked with Rod last night, uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, I got to ask you, you know, we're talking about the game coming up uh, tonight at 745 Central. Your thoughts right now as we head into the final minutes uh, and hours before the guys take the take the take the take the uh, the field. Yeah, I've kind of juggled on what the most important aspect of this game is for the Texas Longhorns, and I'm kind of settled on it's got to be stopping the run if you're Texas. And that sounds weird because all we've talked about for the last month is uh, is the Washington passing approach with Penix, uh, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillian. You know, these guys that we've talked about over and over and over and how explosive they are and dynamic in the passing game, Texas needs to stop the run. There cannot be big chunk plays given out on the ground. It has to be a continual earn your, uh, you know, earn your first downs through the air. And I think that's what Texas is going to, you know, kind of lend to Washington current, you know, in, in this game as it gets going, you know, that that deeper kind of a, a secondary approach to the bend, but don't break, don't allow the 20 yard, 30 yard, 40 yard pass plays down the field, but certain certainly don't not allow first downs to occur through the tackles. And that's something that Texas has to stop. And if you continually allow Tavondre Sweat and Byron, McMur- or Byron Murphy to get into the pressure uh, interior from the interior, that's where I think Texas is going to have the advantage. And that's, that's certainly where I think Texas can start getting uh, a little bit of a, a, a head start against Washington as this game starts progressing. Almost like an edge. That, that Texas needs to, to cat, capitalize on the edge that we think that they have. Right. And I, I really believe that, that they have to do that. Um, it, and that starts with Murphy and Sweat, to your opinion, uh, to your uh, comment. Because if they don't win that, then all bets are off on the other assumptions that may have been made about this game heretofore. Um, hey, a couple of questions have come in. Uh, I want to, and also this, I love this stuff. Uh, D. Jones, Washington, D.C., Texas X's watch party at Penn. Quarter Sports Tavern. That's Penn Quarter Sports Tavern. If you're in the DC area, uh, I had another one come up. Do you have to be Jeremy Ryder? Do you have to be a Texas X to go to watch parties? Absolutely not. Uh, feel free to go in. Uh, some some may or may not have minimal cover, uh, etc. Uh, to to help uh, support scholarship funds. That's what the Texas X's are actually all about. Uh, if you're from if you're a player from New, or a young man, not a player, but just a student from the city of New Orleans. Well, guess what? The city of New Orleans and the Texas Exodus chapter will try to uh, provide scholarships to students that head back to the University of Texas to go to school. And so all these chapters, their their fundamental reason is not just to uh, not just to go watch games and have fun. They try to get a little bit of the money back into the community for uh, young people that want to attend the University of Texas. It's really kind of a noble cause. All right. Hey, I got to show you all this. Like we're talking about cool things here and what's going on this is a coin flip coin very rare i think they only minted like 50 of these wow John, we uh our friend rick vasquez at surly horns he got jonathan brooks to initial and uh sign it with his number last night uh we're going to be auctioning off or giving away i don't know exactly what rick's got planned 
uh, here at Manning's later today. But it's kind of this is what this is the coin they will use, not the very coin, but the coin that they will use and coin flip later today, tonight on the field. Uh, decide who gets the the uh, uh, who gets the ball first, or, or who actually we as we know who who defers because that's what they're going to do. Both teams will defer. All right, uh, good stuff, guys. Uh, anything right. else going on that y'all want to talk about? Cool about it. Questions? What do you want to do? Uh, actually, I want to bring this comment up because if this is true, that's crazy. From Dylan, he says, "Happy New Year and Happy 100th Coffee Coffee and Football Video Episode." The growth has been phenomenal on this channel. Keep up the great work, guys. We'll be watching from Kerrville, Texas. I did not realize that today was the 100th episode. How fitting! That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it really is. I hope it's very fitting. And I hope I hope we're here like a week from now and it's the hundred and seventh and it's gonna be even more yeah. fitting. <laughs> yeah, the hundred and seventh is better than hundred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm ready for the next one. Uh, oh man. All right, guys. And then we have a uh, super chat from Trace. And Trace says, Are there any on Texas football good luck traditions that you guys have on New Year's Day, like eating cabbage, black eyed peas, or refraining from cleaning the house? Crowdsourcing <laughs> Texas luck. Uh Texas is when I wear this shirt on game days, the last seven games, Texas is seven and zero. Oh. So that's that's where I'm at right now. That's my current one. Uh, so uh, no, I I y'all, y'all have any uh, New Year's traditions? My de- my mom and dad used to always make me eat black eyed peas uh, and cabbage, but uh, I I've I've not passed that one on to my my kids because <laughs> I don't like black eyed peas. I can stand cabbage, but. I did. I don't have any. I, you know, I barely made it past midnight last night, guys. That was the biggest thing for me. I've been so tired and everything, but uh, uh, quite a celebration. A lot of fireworks in New Orleans, of course, and I'm sure a lot of people had fun around around the uh, country or where, wherever you're checking in from today. Yeah, no, not a cabbage I, I guy, but black eyed peas are big, and we always had the little penny, you know, heads up underneath the plate. So that that's that's where our good luck comes from. <laughs> and, and no, not, not for me, but I think not cleaning the house is, is going to start being the new tradition for me on New Year's Day, or at least that's the one I'm going to pitch to my wife after after this episode. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, our special guest is here, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. And uh, this is Roman Tomashoff. Roman, how are hey, you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Well, we're doing great. Are you down here in New Orleans, Roman? I am. I am currently hanging out in the media hospitality suite over here. I tried to get like a nice little setup going for you guys. So yeah, no, I, are, are, you, are you guys staying around here as well? Yeah, we're over at, I, I am. I'm over at Manning's right now over next to the uh, casino. We're having a, we're having a uh, watch party slash uh, get together prior to the game. Uh, you're more than welcome to come out and to hang out with us and see what the, being a Texas fan is all like, or you can <laughs> remain in the, the soft confines of the media room if you'd like. It's all oh, up to I, you, I, man. I gotta, I gotta go get out and explore, and you know, go go down by the water. So I'm sure I'll be able to come by for a little bit. All right, make sure you check out Mother's for breakfast if you Ooh, get a chance. That's what I need to do. I, yeah, I need some good breakfast. Do that. Hey, thanks for coming on with us. We had a couple questions for you. Uh, this is Roman Tomashoff uh, of the uh, Sports Illustrated. Also does the Locked On uh, Locked On Huskies podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, Roman had a couple questions for you. Latest news and notes that may affect the Huskies. They completely healthy, anything like that? Yeah, so this is actually the healthiest this team has been in a very long time. Where throughout the season, we've seen injuries pile up, pile up, pile up. 
where def- defensive tackle two until he got to know missed time. Jalen McMillan, wide receiver. Julius Bulo along the offensive line. We've seen so many different guys like Dylan Johnson, starting running back, played hurt in the last two games. Uh, he's I know he's fully healthy now. I talked to him on Saturday a little bit about that. We haven't seen this team fully healthy really throughout the entire season with a couple starters that went down in, in fall camp. And then it just felt like the injury bug just couldn't go away. And now it finally looks like this is this is the healthiest this Husky team has been just the, at, at any point this season. You know, Washington had a lot of tight games this year. Not yeah. unlike Texas. Texas had quite a few as well. I mean, uh, that te- came down to the last drive or, or you know, one score games, et cetera. Um, what, was there a particular reason for that, in your opinion? Like, was Washington just not putting teams away? Was it the injury bug? What What was the the reticence, I guess, is the best way to put it, of Washington from stepping on the throat of their opponents? So I really think that they just there, – there, there was a point where they just couldn't put teams away for one reason or another. It just They just couldn't find a way to do it. I know, like I've seen on, on Twitter, everyone brings up like, oh, well, you know, they, they didn't score an offensive touchdown against Arizona State, which is an odd game. Where each each game, it's it's all just it's very circumstantial. Where yeah, no, they 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 couldn't find a way to put put teams away. But the one thing about this team is that they don't quit. They haven't been down by more than a touchdown at any point this season. And just no matter what's going on, these guys are as resilient as you're going to find. And with all the one score games, all the tough battles that they've been in this year, they've found a way to overcome all of that and just find a way to keep pushing, keep fighting, and keep getting to this point. So I, I just I, I feel very confident in just this team being able to find a way to keep it close no matter what goes on, and just because that's just what this coaching staff has, has instilled in these guys. It's just this mental toughness. Yeah, Roman, thank you for joining us this morning. It's going to be a fun afternoon as we get into uh, 745 tonight. I know we're, we're all looking forward to it. But I wanted to ask you about the interior of the offensive line, specifically Parker Brailsford, because I know on yeah. paper he, he's not the biggest guy, uh, a guy who's not necessarily is, you know, going to be the, 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 I guess, attention seeker getter whenever you see it, see these guys walk out for practice or pregame warmups right. or anything like that. Texas fans and I, I think, you know, a lot of media guys are looking at Tavondre Sweat across the board and saying 360 pounds lined up against Brailsford. That should, you know, line up in, in favor of Texas. But Washington does a great job of kind of hiding Brailsford in their rushing game, uh, in the passing game specifically, always lending help as well. How well do they do that? And is that what you think is a, a targeted approach to each week from the Washington staff in terms of kind of giving uh, Brailsford a little bit of a, a, a maybe a assistance on the, uh, in the middle there? Not necessarily, where Parker is as strong of a player, like pound for pound, as you were going to find. He is, is just despite his size, despite what he's listed as, he is as strong as anybody on the field. I highly recommend going back and watching, I, I think it's the Cal game, where he's one-on-one with one of their 320-pound defensive tackles or something like that, and just knocks him right on his butt. Like, just right off the snap, just knocks him straight back. He is so impressive. He's a freshman All-American this season, and it's just been really, really impressive all season long. I remember um, my, my co-host, Lars Hansen and I were talking to uh, former UW center Corey Luciano on the sidelines at the, the, the Apple Cup a couple of weeks ago. We were just like, hey, man, like we love watching Parker. He's so smart for a redshirt freshman to be able to come in and just take control of the offensive line to lead the way that he does 
what like what is it about him and he's just like and he just he looked right at both of us and just said he's already better than me he's already just just on another level with what he's able to do physically and just the way he's able to just pick up everything so quickly yeah there are times where he's going to need help against some bigger guys but he's somebody who i just i wouldn't underestimate him at any point because he's shown that he can hang on on the biggest stage already let me ask you this is there a what is the weak spot in your opinion like what is tech what do you expect texas to to try to attack for washington if you're looking at it from a washington span point like hey what are you worried about texas kind of attacking washington at on on any particular side of the ball or just uh, either either way it it really doesn't matter so the number one thing for me is tackling on the defensive side because throughout the season this has not been a very good tackling team they've won a lot of guys out of their grasp it's been just really frustrating because there have been so many points where uh in the first oregon game you watch bucky irving just go and basically do whatever he wanted gets out of every single tackle and is able to pick up five six seven yards after contact where that happened way too much. And then we finally kind of saw that at what it was supposed to look like in the Pac-12 championship game, where they finally looked like they were a whole lot healthier than there was There was actually a, just a lot more going, not, not just healthier, but they actually were able to get guys on the ground and not let them pick up yards after contact for the most part. So that would be something where I would be very concerned just from, from looking at it from a Washington perspective of, all right, how are these guys going to find a way to just get ball carriers on the ground because that has been something that has been tough to watch at points this season. What about, what about the Texas uh, defense? Like, are y'all concerned about Byron Murphy and Tavondre sweat uh, in the middle of the defense? Are you concerned about uh, any particular aspect of it? Or do you just feel like your offense is so good that those guys are going to be mitigated? So I'm what the thing that I'm very curious about is what CJ was just talking about where not it's not just Parker Brailsford, but it's the interior as a whole, where if we look at, like, I, I know that these are two very different teams from last year, but if we go and look at the film from last season to this season, uh, Washington has changed both guards from last year to this year. And I think that I'm very curious when I look at uh, Julius Bulo at right guard, where he is a much better pass protector than Henry Bainivalu, who was doing that last year really big dude he's six foot eight 320 pounds and i think he'll hold up very well in pass protection i'm very curious to see how they're going to hold up trying to run the football between the tackles i think that that dylan johnson has been really good getting outside of the tackles at at points because he's faster than he than he looks the mississippi state transfer and he's just such a strong dude that i think he can find a way to because this is a really good texas front seven i know you guys know that better than anybody but I, I think that Dylan has done such a really good job this season, especially in the biggest moments, Some, something I threw out there the other day. Uh, Washington has played five defenses this season that are ranked inside the top 20 for just yards per, yards per game allowed on the ground. Dylan Johnson in those games is averaging 22 and a half carries and 107 yards in, in those five games. Oh, Roman, I, I wanted to ask you real quick about the tight ends. You know, we talk. Yeah. Go ahead, Blake. Uh, no, go ahead, CJ. You're good. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you, Roman, real quick about the tight ends. Um, you know, Devin Colt, uh, Westover as well. Is that something that kind of slips under the radar in this Washington offense? Is that the tight ends at times? We talk about breaking tendency and kind of coming out in these type of games with a little bit of a trick up your sleeve. Is that something that you think might be a possibility today? 
is, is would you say those tight ends are a little bit under the radar, underrated? What kind of approach to this game do you think could come from that pos- uh, position specifically? So I, I, I'm really glad you asked. Where I don't know if, if that's because when, when you talk about Ryan Grubb, there's always just the um, like the, the possibility that there's a trick play or just some, some kind of fun wrinkle that he's thrown in there. What I, I love about the tight ends, and Jack Westover in particular, is he has come up in two of the biggest moments for this team. He made a really fantastic – he made two really fantastic grabs on fourth down this season. One in the first game against Oregon where he just had to go real low and just pick it up off the turf. And then one against Utah where he had to just bring it down from the stratosphere. Where he's somebody who – I wouldn't necessarily say he's going to be a huge part of the game plan. But he's somebody where he's always just reliable that you know – either guy too. Devin Culp and Jack Westover. The ball is thrown in their direction. They're going to find a way to make a play and turn it into a positive. Hey, Roman, I got a question for you. One thing that not talked about a lot in this game is special teams. What can you tell us about Washington's special teams? So Washington special teams is uh, – Blake, by the way, I love I love the, the card setup you got going on there behind you. I'm, I'm a big collector <laughs> myself. It, I love man. that. Glad, glad, glad to see it. Uh, so Washington special teams has been one of the best groups in the country all season long. I don't have their, their PFF grade for the entire season offhand, but there was a point where going into the month of November, they were graded at a 90. They were in the top three in the nation. This is one of the best special teams units that I've ever seen from, from this group where we can go back to some of the old Chris Peterson days. And there were a lot of struggles on special teams at points, just going back for the last handful of years. But this, this team does not give up big kick returns. They do not give up big punt returns and they lay huge hits on you. There, there can be a whole highlight reel of just massive hits that the, this team has laid on, on guys that are just trying to bring the ball out of the end zone. Oh, Bobby, you're muted. <laughs> That's interesting because Texas thinks they might be able to do something in the punt return game with Xavier Worthy if he's he- completely healthy. Uh, Keelan Robinson has returned to kick for a touchdown. Uh, Jeff Banks and his group on the, uh, the in the punt return slash punt block. I think they bl- blocked three punts this year. Texas is going to try to get after Washington in the punt return in the in the uh, the uh, special teams game. We'll see. However. Uh, Roman, if they're able to get anything past Washington, because it sounds like Washington has the same idea uh, on its side of the ball. Uh, that Look, we've been uh, back and forth on score predictions here uh, for Texas and the in wa- Washington tonight. Uh, give us your final prediction for this game, Roman, if you don't mind, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So I'll give you two things because I don't, so I don't usually do score predictions because I'm a huge jinx. The, the last time I gave a score prediction for Washington, it was the Montana game two years ago. And that, that day I swore off it. You lose to an FCS school as a ranked opponent. Yeah, no. Uh, so, but I will give you a line. I do love hammering Washington at plus four and a half. I think that this is, this is going to be no bigger than a field goal either way. And, you know, because we're down here in Louisiana, we can do some gambling while we're down here. I also love the over on Jalen Polk's receiving yards at 52 and a half. I think that if you if you parlay those two together, you're, you're, you're going to win some money no matter, no matter what you're doing. There you go. I'm going to be here at Manning's all day, but I may have to step over to Harris Casino and, and place a little bet there <laughs> after hearing that explanation. I, I think it's going to be a tight game as well, Roman. I, I think it's, uh, it's two good teams. And I've been saying it uh, for the last couple of weeks. There's a reason one of them's 13 or no, and the other one's 12 and one. They're two good, good football teams. And it's going to be a fantastic football. battle. Yep. 
I'm, I'm, we're excited about it. Roman, thank you uh, very much for joining us uh, from uh, from your the media hotel uh, in New Orleans. Uh, come on in down here and try us out at Manning's. If you get a chance, stop by. Come on in. Uh, hang out with us for a little bit as well. Thanks for your time. To, Absolutely. Morning, Appreciate you guys. Thank Thanks you so much. much. Thank you, Roman. All right, guys. Roman Thomas from Sports Illustrated and the Locked On Huskies podcast. Well, Bobby, it's everybody's favorite time of the day, and that's time for me to tell everybody about Manscaped. And cheers to the new year from our friends at Manscaped, because your resolutions shouldn't be the only things that are well kept. 2024 is the time for new heights, new opportunities, and a new look for your Times Square balls. Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're looking to maintain a trim or go for that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. It's trusted by over 10 million, 10 million men worldwide, and now is the time to get a grip on your grooming with their exclusive offer. You can go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTEXAS for 20% off plus free shipping. Happy New Year or happy new balls. Introducing the MVP of 2024, Manscaped's fifth-generation lawnmower. It's not just a trimmer, it's your grooming sidekick. It's equipped with two skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. It's like having a personal stylist at your fingertips or, well, wherever you need it. And let's face it, resolutions might come and go, but a well-groomed you is here to stay thanks to Manscaped. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ONTEXAS at manscaped.com. Because nothing says Happy New Year like a deal that leaves your balls and your budget feeling refreshed. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer, courtesy of Manscaped. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What an ad read. I loved it. <laughs> CJ, you're going to have to do the next one, my man. We're going to we're gonna have to indoctrinate you. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, man. Goodness All right, guys, if you're watching Coffee and Football presented by Longhorn and Wealth Management Group and uh, plenty of time to get your questions in, so please do so. And let's just go ahead and start taking them, y'all. Uh, this one from Ashkin. He says, hook them and Happy New Year. Rod Babers is an awesome addition to y'all's team. Like Rod, I see this game coming down to the final play. How important will clock management be in y'all's opinion? Huge. Yeah, huge. I agree. Huge. Sark has had some good moments, and Sark has had some kind of iffy moments. I look back to the Oklahoma game specifically where there's a little bit too much time on the clock for my liking in terms of that final drive. I know Texas wanted to go quick to keep Oklahoma on their back heel uh, to get down the field, but there was a lot of time that Texas could have used up that eventually came back to bite them. I don't think necessarily it's been a big issue for Texas this year. We look at the Alabama game specifically where Texas was able to run off the last seven, seven and a half and change to, to win that, that ball game. So it it's not been an issue, but it will be big. And I think either coach that is able to really utilize that last 
you know, possession or two right before halftime and parlay that into momentum going into halftime. If they're getting the ball back, that's going to be big. I look, I look to that specifically to see how each coach's aggressiveness changes as the game progresses. I, I think it's going to be big as well. So I, I think that um, DeBoer is a guy that plays the odds very, very well and plays the clock very, very well. You saw it uh, in the uh, Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. I mean, he basically ran the clock out just like Texas did against Alabama, frankly, um, and just kind of suffocated them at, there at the end with the run game. I, I feel like um, one that's one thing that is positive and has been positive this year for Texas in general is the addition of Joe D. Camillus to the staff. Uh, he now sits there uh, on the sideline with four or five minutes left to go in the game. And he is in Sark's ear specifically about time left on the clock, uh, how many timeouts are left. And he's helping Sark necessarily manage that situation, right? It's not like Sark doesn't ha have an understanding of what he wants to do, but he's getting more finite information and what everybody, what all the things to calculate, et cetera. And I do think Sark has been better this year with clock management than he was in years past. It helps that he's a better team too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, but uh, that that has def definitely been part of it. Uh, his clock management this year has been much better overall. I do think that clock management will play a role because I could definitely see one of these teams trying to sit on it, sit on the ball and kick a field goal for the win. I, I mean, that will not be surprising to me, you know, if, if that's what what occurs. All right, guys, this next question from Mark Bean and Mark says, can we do what we need to do with a four man front? You know, what do you need to do? You know, I think, do you need to get after, do you need to get after the quarterback? Do you need to get after uh, and stop the run game first? I, I think that Texas is going to play a four-man front. I don't know that they can, they're going to have routine pressure on Michael Penix with just a four-man front, though. I think they're going to have to use some, be some creative uh, use of Anthony Hill, maybe creative use of Jade Barron in, in the blitz game maybe a boundary corner blitz or two here or there. It's going to be a number of different pieces that I think uh, matter in that regard. Uh, then this next question is uh, from Greg Givens, and he says, who do you guys think will be on Rome tonight to start the game? Maybe Manny? Uh, I Look, Texas plays boundary and field. So it, it's not necessarily matter where Roma Dunze lines up. It's going to be where – where are where uh Manny Muhammad? I don't I don't see them saying, Hey, you've got Manny, you've got a Dunze. I don't see that happening. CJ, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's all about where Washington chooses to throw him on the field in formations pre-snap. And obviously, as you know, motions happen, which are a, a very high occurrence in this Washington offense. I think they're top five, top ten in the country in pre-snap motions. That will be where Washington looks to get mismatch advantages, uh, something that they've done the entire season in terms of getting guys uh, at least over into a, a, a part of the zone where they believe they can create mismatches or find a hole down the field. I look to Ryan Watts to really be a guy that steps up in the boundary uh, this week or tonight, excuse me. We saw it last year a little bit in terms of how important that boundary guy is when you allow, you know, that side of the field to be locked down and move the, the, the nickel, the outside linebacker, the safety over to the field to protect the 
from the deep passing and really the long passes to the field side, which is something not necessarily talked a whole lot about right now. Uh, but Ryan Watts in that boundary corner needs to have a big game right now to really alleviate the stress that Washington's offense is, uh, you know, puts onto the Texas defense tonight. Uh, Bobby, this next question uh, is from someone very familiar to you. <laughs> it's from Jenny. <laughs> and she says, Bobby, how's the, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, pie gal at Harris. Uh, it was good to, it was good to me and Matt, our producer yesterday or the day before I hit a uh, straight flush, uh, my man, I got 50 to one. Uh, yeah. So not bad, not bad on that. Uh, I had a lot of fun. We had, I've been down here in New Orleans since Thursday night. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, New Orleans, it's very interesting when I was in college and younger 30 years ago or whatever, um, it was all about bourbon street and that kind of party focused atmosphere. New Orleans has grown in that time period. Uh, I ended up spending a lot of time on a, an area called magazine street, which is just a fun little area. They have, it's almost it, like, a, again, it felt like South Congress a little bit uh, in that part of Austin. Uh, so it's more for, I, I think it's more for the grownups if that makes sense, as opposed to Sixth uh, Street in Austin or, or Bourbon Street is more for the young people. Um, and so it's been a fun time down here, but I do miss my wife. I didn't get to kiss her uh, last night on New Year's Eve, and I, I miss you, sweetheart. So thanks for uh, checking in on Coffee and Football this morning. <laughs> and then uh, Hook on Casino says, when Texas wins by 10-plus tonight, Bobby has to do the next 10 Manscaped threes. I, I tell you what, I will do uh, – if. I'm not about tonight, but I'll do one if they win tonight. If they win next week, then we can talk about really. I'll 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 be more than happy to ham it up for whoever in that regard. <laughs> We're gonna hold you to it, Bobby. I, I'll do. It. I, yeah, if they win, if they win next week, I don't. I may like go. You know, skinny dipping in the fountain of the <laughs> Littlefield Fountain in Austin. I'll do that. Now. I'm, I, I, I get excited on national championships. That's, that's, that's story. Well, we talked about this last week, but let's touch on it again because it has been a topic in the chat. Bobby TD Brown says, if Texas wins the coin toss, do you take the football in this particular game? I don't. I, I, I keep with your plan to, to continue to be the, uh, to defer and try to win the middle four minutes. Uh, try to squeeze time in the last four minutes of the first half and do the exact same thing the first four minutes of the second half. That Those those can be I mean, two-score turnarounds if you do it right, you know, and just flip the game on its on its head. And I, I want to add this, too, and, and, you know, it's – look, if you go up by – if you're – if you go up by seven to start the second half, that just puts all the onus and pressure on the other team immediately. And you, you got to see if they start pressing – you just don't know. I doubt Washington presses in this game. I think they're too cool, calm, and collected with their quarterback. Um, but I, I definitely would defer and uh, uh, get the ball in the second half. DJ? Yeah, I think Bobby hit it right on the head. Owning the middle four minutes on both sides of the half is huge. We see it all the time at the NFL level. It's one of those things that really shifts uh, all the momentum and the feel of a game. And if you're able to go into halftime with a lead, knowing that you're going to get the ball back immediately to start the second half, that changes exactly how the opposing team has to approach uh, the second half. The minute that they get the ball back, 
and obviously moving forward in terms of their aggressiveness. It makes them get out of sync, uh, off script in terms of pushing the ball down the field, knowing that the clock is against them now and they're playing from behind. So looking for Texas to defer is the move for me. I think Texas getting the ball uh, in the second half is going to be pretty, uh, pretty important for them to win this game, in my opinion. All right, guys. Well, you're watching Coffee and Football presented by Longhorn Wealth Management Group. And we'll get back to some Texas talk here in a minute. But let's talk about a couple other things going on. And I want to start with this question from E. Kemp. Does Jim Harbaugh leave for the NFL or stay after the playoff? Obviously, his team playing against Alabama today. We'll get into that here in a second. But what y'all's take on this question? Oh, Bobby, you're muted again. Yeah, no, I, I think he likely stays. I think uh, – while he's toyed with the NFL off and on, and while uh, the LA job is open right now, um, I just think that that he's got such a good thing going at Michigan. The only negative that would that leads me to believe that is the turmoil he's created in Ann Arbor, um, whether it's NCAA rules violations for recruiting, whether it's uh, uh, the situation that they have right now uh, at uh, at uh, with uh, him and the rules uh, the sign stealing he just can't seem to stay within the white lines um and so that might make him look elsewhere but i think he's got enough hubris and in him to think that he's kind of untouchable a little bit that's kind of what it feels like to me with him uh to stay in the college game and maybe that's that maybe he learned it from bo Schimbeckler, who seemingly didn't feel like the rules applied to him either so my point being, I could see him going on and signing a 10-year extension with Michigan. I think that that's more likely than him jumping to the NFL right now, personally. And it is interesting that he hired a agent that's, you know, reps the NFL pretty well as well. So let's bring up these games here and let's talk about that. We're going to start off this morning with LSU and Wisconsin in the ReliaQuest Bowl, followed by Iowa and Tennessee. Liberty in Oregon, Alabama, Michigan, and then, of course, the big one, Texas and Washington. But what y'all's takes on today's games? I I think that it. I think LSU, I think Nussmeyer's going for them, right, uh, CJ? Uh, the, the backup uh, from the Metroplex area uh, instead of Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner. I'm going with uh, LSU big. I, I just – I like Luke Fickle as a coach. I think he's a great defensive coach. I don't think he has his guys yet in Madison, Wisconsin, though. I'm going to be completely honest. There's not a lot of excitement in these early games for games that will be, you know, ranked on ranked, if you will. You know, you look at LSU, no quarterback. Tennessee, no quarterback. Liberty, Oregon, not necessarily on paper. A game that you expect to be very close. Uh, I don't know. Iowa, Wisconsin, not two brands of football that play very exciting ball. I'm not thrilled with the morning slate, but luckily, Bobby, uh, and Blake will be, uh, you know, very busy here at Manning's here in the next, you know, couple hours. So uh, I'm looking forward to not having to watch, to be completely honest. What about Alabama-Michigan? That's the game that everybody's got to circle because the winner be plays uh, the winner of the Texas-Washington game. What, where, where do y'all come out on that one? I mean, we, we talk back and forth. Uh, I was told by, by someone close to uh, that- the staff, Michigan may be the best overall team in the country. Not saying they're going to beat Alabama today, but uh, just very, very talented up and down their roster. Very solid team. Uh, do not make many mistakes on either side of the ball. And playing them is like a death by a thousand cuts. 
They just keep pounding you until finally you relent just enough, and they end up winning the game. I I like Michigan in this game, and I feel kind of odd saying that because it's you know how how Alabama you you see them in this type of game, and you're thinking, yeah, the line being a, a point and a half or two points, you know, sure you 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 can get Alabama at plus money. Sign me up. I I don't like passing up those opportunities in big games, but. The power running game is something that I don't think many teams in the country have faced this year outside of Michigan. Certainly not to the extent that Michigan brings to the table and will bring to the table tonight or this afternoon against Alabama. And also, where does Alabama bring or uh, kind of get their offensive explosion? It's through the deep ball. Michigan's secondary is tremendous. Will Johnson on the outside. They have a safety that is very, very good as well. One of the guys that Jordan Johnson-Rubel actually mentioned to me, whenever I, I, I talk to him down in Orlando, is a guy that he loves watching to pick little pieces of, of his game and put them into his. So Michigan's secondary is flying under the radar just a little bit. And I think if that front is able to create pressure, as we saw Texas do against Alabama, Michigan's defense is going to be something that I don't think Alabama was necessarily anticipating being one of those one of, one of those hindrances from them getting to the national championship game. And Bobby, I, I like Alabama in that one. I think you give Nick Saban that long. They're a more physical team, in my opinion. I, I, I you think, think they're I, more physical than Michigan? I do. I, I, I really do. I think Alabama will come out and, and win probably by about seven seven points or so is my, is my prediction. I really like They're them. definitely the hotter team right now, right? Yeah. I mean, they, ever since Jalen Milrow has kind of turned the corner and they took the reins off of him and tried to stop making him a drop back quarterback, which he, he, I mean, yes, he can do some things, but he's not a drop back quarterback. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. It should be a good game regardless. All right, Bobby, before we move on, I'm going to let you tell everybody out there about John Donovan and Longhorn wealth management. Yeah. Happy new year to John and his uh, family. Uh, John is a proud Texas X's life member and his wife and all six of his siblings are also UT grads. So it is this deep Longhorn family tradition that led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for Texas alums, employees, family, and friends. John is a certified financial planner who has spent more than 30 years providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to his clients. So please give John Donovan and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. All right. We want to thank them for sponsoring each and every Monday right here on Coffee and Football. And uh, we got some super chats we need to get to. Ken Ward says, Happy New Year, fellas. I think we'll get some stop, but the Husky going to score. We're going to need to put up some big points on the board. The over-under is 63 and a half, and I'm taking the over. Your thoughts? I agree with you, Ken. Uh, you know, Bob Shipley went that way to two. I mean, he went forty. He went like forty-one thirty-four, something like that. I mean, he he thinks there's going to be a lot of points on the on the board. I think I think it's going to be more in that thirty-three thirty range, which is the right at the over under. Um, and so I can see it either way. The one thing we're uh, only I would say of all of that, CJ, the very least people ta are talking about is a game that ends in the twenties, which is kind of what happened last year between these two teams. They're not really talking about a low-scoring affair. They're expecting either a, a, a low 30s or even above that between these two teams. You, you agree with that kind of discarding the 
the low 20 score? Or do you think they're going to be a little bit higher up? What? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a game where both offenses really shine. We've talked about kind of the, uh, I don't want to call it the weakest point on either team, but neither team's secondary is one that jumps off the page and has been a necessary strength coming into this game. It's going to be something that is tested early and often. I think the first team to 40 wins the game. I also put in my prediction, I'm not sure a team does reach 40. So what could work against the offenses here is kind of the head coaches and their aggressiveness. You're going to get into the red zone, and obviously points are going to be very important. Getting into the end zone is going to be at the utmost importance. Settling for field goals will be something that loses you fo uh, this football game. So if you get down into the red zone deep into a, a game and, 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 and you start going for fourth, start getting aggressive on, on fourth downs when you should be kicking or punting or whatever it is, that will leave points off the board. But I do think this is a game, if anybody hits 40 points, they're the, they're the team that's going to win the game. So uh, I think I'm sticking to my prediction, 37 to 31, Texas. I like it. Love it. And then Ken, it, Ward, Ken Ward also put up a prediction in the Super Chat after his last <laughs> one. He said 47 to 40. So, Ken, you, you got the confidence in the over on that 63 and a half. So, good luck to you. And then David Smith with the Super Chat. Thank you, David. He says, love the On Texas Football Game live stream. Will Rod be, be on for analysis tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Rod and I will both be on the uh, live stream. Watch with us. Uh, also, Rod and I are doing the post-game show. CJ's going to do a little live report from the Superdome. Uh, there as well. Uh, we'll have a lot of it. Rod's going to be on with us uh, here. We're live at Manning's right now. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm here. Uh, the party here starts at 10 a.m. We're going to be live streaming from 10 a.m. to about 4 p.m. And then uh, I, I stop and have to do some radio in Austin. Uh, but I want to remember this. Deuce Williams, the linebacker from um, Shadow Creek down in Pearland, he announces his decision today at 4.30 uh, and so we're going to be on top of that and, and have uh, CJ and I will definitely be uh, talking about that if he does indeed pick the Longhorns as we expect him to at this point. All right, y'all. We'll do a few more questions here before we get out of here and let everybody start gearing up for the big day today. And this first one from Chin Up says, do you guys think we'll get real pressure this year on Penix and be able to win on third and fourth downs? Also, is our running back game that much better? It's the same running backs as last year, except Cedric Baxter, who has been up and down. And I, and I think the t the offensive line is better than a year ago, too, guys. Oh yeah. I mean, I like they're more cohesive. They're they're. I just think they're a much better offensive line. That's going to be bigger. Uh, Washington did lose one of their big interior guys last year, also uh, on the D line. Um, and so you add all of that in. I think Texas is going to have more success running the ball. How much more? That's that's up for debate at this point. BJ? Yeah, no, running the football is going to be huge. Like Bobby said, this is a game where you look back a year ago and you start thinking, well, if it's going to follow along the same game trends as last year, Texas might be out of luck. But the offensive line specifically hasn't improved. Texas also has, aside from Jonathan Brooks, they're coming into this game fully healthy at the running back position, which is something they weren't a year ago. But Jonathan Brooks, who also dealt with a hernia issue uh, dating back to the Alamo Bowl in 2023. So I think that's something to, to mention. And also, Christian Jones's comments before the team left Austin stick with me just a little bit. Because he said going into the game last year, the team, the offensive line specifically was a little kind of 
I don't want to say on edge, but they were looking at this game like they had to do more. They had to play out of their, their comfortable kind of approach to a game that they, we had seen the entire season because they knew that the, the, the running game needed a jolt. With no Roshan, no Bijan, the offensive line had to step up and do more. I think tonight we're going to see an offensive line that's comfortable playing within themselves and allowing the game to come naturally to them rather, rather than forcing what is not necessarily, a, a, I would say, any of their strengths in terms of uh, playing above what, you know, they're, they're lacing up their shoes for. So that's important to me as well. What about pressure on Phoenix? Uh, that's what we just talked about. Uh, you think they're going to be able to put pressure? Or that's one of the questions that uh, Chenup's had. You think they're going to be able to win third and fourth down? They certainly hope to do better than they did a year ago where Washington uh, connected on more than 50% of, of money downs. Uh, in Texas, this year has been so much better. You think they're going to try to – you think they can hold Washington to 35% uh, success on third downs, or is it going to be another 50% romp for the Huskies? Listen, it would be great if they could do 30, 33, 35. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it? Uh, but yep. Texas has been the best the third down defensive team in the entire country this year. Fourth downs have been very, uh, very good as well. It's going to be interesting because I know DeBoer is going to be aggressive in this game. I think Sark will be as well. But when those third down stops come, can you also stop a fourth down play? Because that's great. But if it doesn't result in the ball changing hands, it means nothing. Uh, one thing that I think in terms of pressure, how well can Texas create pressure off the edges? I know that pressure will come in the interior when it comes uh, from, from Sweat, Murphy, Collins, even Vernon Broughton as well. But the edges is where you're going to have to create pressure to get Penix to start moving through the pocket, something that he doesn't like to do a whole lot of. He, he can do it, but it's not a strength of his game. So if the pressure can come from the edges – that's where I start feeling a little bit better about the Texas defense and creating some of those off-platform throws that you know tend to turn into uh, inaccurate passes that also lead to interception. So pressure from the edges is key because we know the pressure from the interior will be there. As you can see, fellas, Washington 10th in the country on third down conversion percentage as they're converting 48.3% of the time. Wow. That's, yeah. that's, that's strong. <laughs> that's extraordinarily strong no doubt about it uh, we're going to move on to the next question here and uh it's actually a super chat from texas leatherneck thank you texas and he says turnovers will it be an impact tonight who has the advantage simplify and hook them uh, 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 i hope it i hope it does have an impact uh, and and i hope texas is the one that gets him right that's the one aspect of this game that we really haven't talked enough about i think um and when, when the, the Washington beat writer was on earlier with us, Blake, I, I count punt blocks as part of that. Just to, I count fumbles. I count long punt returns, you know, where you flip the field completely on somebody. Um, I, I've, I've got the sneaky suspicion that something, I don't know what, something interesting is going to happen on special teams tonight that could be a turnover-like piece of the puzzle. And so I, I'm hopeful for that, that uh, Texas makes that a reality. But uh, big stuff there, in, in my opinion. It, look, Michael Penix threw a pick in this game last year. You know, uh, hopefully uh, Quinn Ewers does it, continues to do a really good job of taking care of the ball. Um, but also, uh, 
CJ, I, I, we got to get going here because we got other stuff to do. But I want to throw one final thing out to you. Uh, it's a stat that you came up with last week uh, that I think is just uh, so important. Quick starts. You said that Washington scored the most points in the country, or no, the seventh most points in the country in the first quarter and the most points in the country in the second quarter. They try to get out in front of you, not like what Steve Sarkeesian does with his, you know, what do you want to call it, his play sheet or his script, and then they try to sit on you. You agree with that? That is that what Texas has to worry about? And, and counter to that, is that what Washington has to worry about? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's an underrated part of Texas's game now. If you look at the last two weeks against Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, where Texas is, I think they're averaging 31 or 31 and a half points in the first half over their last two contests. That's going to be an interesting aspect of the game in terms of that first half scoreline. But Texas has to get a stop multiple stops in the first half for me to feel comfortable because that game does carry over to the second half. You have to be able to sit there and think, all right, the defense is playing with confidence. We can open up the playbook a little bit now, start bringing a little pressures off the edge, like the corner you said too as well, Bobby. I think that will be something that we see in the second half. Uh, we see it, we've see we seen it a few times, uh, Oklahoma, Alabama, all in the second half halves of games. Uh, Texas has to get stops early on because we've seen just how – explosive and consistent that Washington offense is in the first half. They're very good when it comes to scoring, getting leads on teams early in ball games. Their offense does tend to fade away a little bit as the game progresses. But if you're able to sit there, especially if we're getting the ball back in the second half to begin the half, that's something that if you're, you're sitting there tied or even with the lead, that second half can certainly turn into a bowling ball momentum rolling down the hill that is tough to catch up to. All right, guys. Well, before we get out of here, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Manning's one more time, and then we'll get into what they can expect later today on On Texas Football. Yeah, I mean, so, about Manning's. absolutely. So at four o'clock or at ten o'clock this morning, this place opens up, uh, and there should be uh, literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people here and across the street at Fulton Alley. That's uh, a Texas One Fund fundraiser uh, where it's a hundred dollars admission, but fifty of it goes directly to the Texas One Fund. They've already raised more than $100,000 for the Texas One Fund through this party. That just tells you the power of crowdsourcing uh, University of Texas fandom. Rick Vasquez and his people have just done a fantastic job. I'm very uh, excited to be part of it today. Uh, it should be a fun atmosphere. You get to watch all the football games, uh, et cetera. Uh, CJ, you'll be joining me here as well. That'll be from about 10 o'clock until about 4 o'clock today. We'll also have a parade of former players, dignitaries, luminaries, et cetera, all come in and hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, they'll be talking online uh, as well as live to the group here as well. So it should just be a, a day of, look, New Year's Day should be a little bit of a re rejoicing and, and having a good time. And I hope we do that today at the, at Manning's. And then obviously during the game tonight, uh, we have our Watch With Us host, hosted by Aaron Hogan. And then the post-game show, uh, Rod Babers and I are going to be talking uh, that brought to you by the guys at Faust Distributing, as well as Flight by Yingling. So full full day. Uh, and you know what? If you don't watch us anymore today, I will say this. We are back on tomorrow morning with coffee and football, win or lose. Uh, let's hope that Longhorns this time tomorrow, though, are preparing for a road trip to Houston. That's right. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you for the super chat. 
We also want to thank Roman Tomashaw for joining us for a little bit. Got to thank Longhorn Wealth Management Group and John Donovan and, of course, Manscaped. Happy New Year to you all. And as Bobby said, we'll be back tomorrow morning, hopefully with a big win and talking about the national championship next week. How nice would that be? So for Bobby Burton and CJ Vogel, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome. Let's go win tonight.